And I ended up going back to prison uh, just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And that was the moment, though, like that was so painful. Uh, you know, I felt I felt big enough to sit on a penny and swing my feet from it because my entire life I was looking forward to that moment of being the father that I didn't have growing up. And now here I am missing out on this precious moment because I s- wanted to act like a loser and throw the towel in. And so that pain of realizing that I was going to miss out on that and not knowing when I was going to come home was what changed my entire outlook on life. And from that very moment, I decided to move in a completely different direction in my life. Hey, gang, welcome to Brand On Broadcasting. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we talk about all things broadcasting with a focus on the online side of broadcasting. That's live streaming, podcasting, video creation, smart speakers, and a whole lot more. We have a terrific guest on today's show. In fact, we want to make the most of our time and bring him right in. It is Zachary Babcock. He is the host of the Underdog Empowerment Podcast, which is rising up the charts of Apple and iTunes and all the other podcast apps. He's a great guy. He knows a ton about business. And he has an amazing story. We're going to talk about his backstory for a little bit, but we also want to save some time and get into his advice on podcasting and business, uh, particularly online business. Zachary, welcome to Brand on Broadcasting. It's great to have you on the show. Yo, what's up, Ross? I am I am super excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, as I, I was talking to you before we got started, I don't do a lot of solo guest interviews anymore where the show is just one guest. Most of my shows now have three guests, short segments, because I feel that's what people want. They want quick-hitting tips and pieces of advice and, and move and move on to something else. You have something to look back to, something to promote that's coming up ahead. But your story is so amazing. And what you are doing and the, the, con- the content that you're putting out, how you are helping people is, is just off the charts. And so um, I wanted to have you on for a full 40 minutes and really get into your story and get into some of the wisdom that you can share with people and i hope you're okay if we take some questions from the chat as well uh definitely okay and i and i'm really honored that you're having me on for the full 40 minutes it's kind of putting the pressure on me now to perform Uh-oh. but <laughs> oh you gotta step it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> right on though man <laughs> so, uh, so let's start um before we get into podcasting and get into business let's start with you are in prison for nearly five years or more than five years how did that come to be and and how did you find yourself in that situation yeah um you know i did did over over 5 years total in prison and then plus you know my entire like childhood of being in and out of juveniles and detention centers uh but what led to that was really i mean when it comes down to it was me putting myself in those situations you know i did that to myself right. i made those choices i made those decisions those are the results i got but uh, I would say what played a factor into making those decisions, um, I, I didn't have a father figure growing up. My mother never remarried. He died when I was seven. Um, so I always wanted to fit in and be accepted by other people. And I was hanging out with the older crowd, uh, trying to be accepted. I never excelled in any type of formal education setting. Um, I'm a big, I'm all, dude, I, I, I read 
every single day t- taking notes and implement when I learn, listen to podcasts, listen to audio, why, you know, uh, go through courses, ha- hire mentors. Like I'm all about self-education. Uh, I just didn't never thrive in, in formal education. They said I had AB or they said ADD, ADHD, ABCD, <laughs> all that stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, it wasn't that I couldn't focus. It's just that I, it, I refused to, uh, focus on stuff like geometry and stuff that didn't interest me. And so I was always getting in trouble at school. I was smoking weed at age nine. This led to a bunch of poor choices. And I was doing things because I didn't really have any chief aim in life, nothing driving me. I just felt like I was going through the emotions. And by the time I was 17 and I caught some cases for going out and being a knucklehead, just being young and dumb. And I thought at that moment that I had thrown my life away, that I was going to be in prison for the rest of my life. And so I started using drugs after I caught those cases uh, eventually uh, quickly graduated from weed to ecstasy to cocaine to heroin to crack. Like it was bad. I was going off the deep end. And by the time I was 19, I went away for, for the next four years of my life in prison. Wow. And then that's when you got out and you started to do online business. You started to look into how you could make some money online. Not just yet. Um, okay. I, I did. So I, so I did four years. And I went in when I was 19, came home when I was 23. And then when I came home, uh, yeah, I was, you know, done with doing drugs, hardcore drugs. Uh, but but I, I couldn't find a job anywhere. I, I got a job at a bar and grill as a cook, was doing that, was super grateful for it, working 50, 60 hours a week, was the best worker. Then I got hired on uh, at this clothing store on the sales team, crushed it, uh, uh, sold 3,000 holster to 9,000 on my second day or third day there. And, um, and so they gave me a promotion. Well, I put in my two weeks at the bar and grill where I had stability two days later, like, Oh dude, you're a convicted felon. You got to kick rocks. And, uh, so, so I was so excited finally thinking I was putting my past behind me and then boom, just, it got snatched away. And it was like, well, I chose to throw a pity party and to feel sorry for myself instead of searching for other opportunity. And I became an alcoholic and I ended up going back to prison, uh, just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And that was the moment, though, like that was so painful. Uh, You know, I felt I felt big enough to sit on a penny and swing my feet from it because my entire life I was looking forward to that moment of being the father that I didn't have growing up. And now here I am missing out on this precious moment because I wanted to act like a loser and throw the towel in. And so that pain of realizing that I was going to miss out on that and not knowing when I was going to come home was what changed my entire outlook on life. And from that very moment, I decided to move in a completely different direction in my life. Wow. So that's when you got out after, what, about a year? Yeah, eight months from that moment. Okay, so you get out, and then you're faced with a situation, I assume, where it's not that easy to just, like, fill out a job application and get a job once you're a convicted felon and you have prison prison time, right? Yeah, no doubt. So uh, the reason I'm asking this question is because – For a lot of people who start doing online business, start doing podcasts and things, it's a side hustle and they have other options that they can fall back on. But if you want to do more than um, be lucky enough to sort of find a job where they don't do a background check or whatever, (laughs) you've got to kind of find something where you can build your own business. Right. I mean, you've got to like online provides you with an opportunity where you're being judged off the value of the information and entertainment and 
knowledge that you provide, not where you're judged off of what your past is or what comes up in a background check. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and it really is like I, I had somebody ask me uh, the other day, it's like, hey, is it like, is it really as hard as they say it is for convicted felons to get a job after they get out of prison? I'm like, it's even harder than what they say it is. And wow. And I'm not taking away the responsibility from the person that goes to prison because, hey, look, you made that decision to go to prison. However, our judicial system is broken. And I say that and I'll tell you the reason why. If you look at our recidivism rates nationwide in in the U.S., that dwarfs any other country, not just leads, but it dwarfs any other country. It's built on money, first and foremost, then the system is it is designed to keep you dependent on the system it doesn't it, welfare food stamps assisted living that's giving you a fish it's not teaching you how to fish and then the programs that they have you go through having gone through them myself are a complete utter waste of the taxpayer dollars um it doesn't help you at all and now you're coming out of prison when you can't even get a job because all right I get it. You know, you, you, you made a mistake and, the, and you, and you go and do time because you made that mistake. And so for the people that learn from the mistakes, well, it don't matter that X on their felony record is following them around for the rest of their life. And they can't even get decent jobs, even if they decide to change after they paid their dues by going to do their time, which I think is messed up. Um, and so, and then, and now they have to go to these classes that don't even help and they got to figure out ways to catch a bus to get there. And so it's just like crazy. Right. And that's, you hit a hot topic with me. So obviously but uh that's what we do. We, we hire convicted felons, not all, but the ones that are ready to change their life. Give them a job with us or we partner with other entrepreneurs and these other businesses. You know, you get a tax break for for hiring convicted felons. And plus, convicted felons will outwork anybody on your team any day. Right. They're hungrier. Right. Um, so anyways. Yeah. Uh, and our goal is a nine percent recidivism rate nationwide or lower uh, with uh, what we're doing. So, yeah. And how, to- how has hiring gone for you and and retaining people who you've hired through that program how's that gone for you so far yeah so this is the complete infancy of it and i like to be real because there's so many fake entrepreneurs online and so many people that that are just like they take the pictures in front of the rented lamborghini and promise you that you can make a million dollars overnight and they're and, and and they're broke and living at at home with their parents still or whatever and right it's just it's 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 uh sickening and it's disgusting but um so I broke through last year after getting out of prison. I got out in uh, October 2014 for the next four and a half years. I didn't make any money online. It got to a point where our bills were backed up. Credit was maxed out. Uh, uh, water, water, water was shut off in the house Four kids to feed. And I went and got a title loan on our car, on our uh, Chrysler Aspen just so I can invest into a mastermind to learn how to craft uh, offers and write uh, copy online. And uh, people said I was crazy right. <laughs> for doing that. Well, well, eight months later, I built a six-figure business as a result of making that decision with my back against the wall and having no retreat. Like, this is it. We have to make this happen. And, um, you know, I was able to develop those skills to be enough, you know, provide enough value to the marketplace. So long story short, we're in the complete embassy just last year, March of 2019, broke through and, uh, and built a six-figure business. And now this is what we're building now. What is interesting there is you said you hired a, a mentor when you really almost couldn't afford it. Oh, and, yeah. I could, you know, I most couldn't. people with like online business and startups, they say, until I'm turning a profit, I'm not going to hire anyone. I'm not going to get any help. Once I make money, then I'll, right? But you, you look at hiring a mentor or joining a mastermind or 
even outsourcing, if I understand right from from what you talk about on your podcast, you look at those steps as essential to being able to make money. If you wait until you can afford it, you might never make the money to be able to afford it. Am I taking that right? Yeah, it, I mean, exactly. I mean, you might be able to still pull it off, but it's going to take 10 times longer right. if, versus and, and in my situation, it was do or die. And what I was doing wasn't working. I had to figure this out. Like we, 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 there was like no other option. And so some people say like, oh, that burning the boat strategy is stupid. And, you know, you should always have a backup plan. Well, OK, if that's if you're if it's different for every every person. But from my experience, I perform underneath pressure. And when when there's when my back's against the wall, the only place to go is forward. And if I have no fallback option, I'm going to make it happen because it's urgent, you know, and we we're moved by that as human beings, you know, so I don't know. That's just my my own personal uh, experience. So. So during those four years before you you started hitting on really making progress and the podcast and business and everything, what are some things that maybe people could learn from you to avoid doing? And then we'll get into what they should do but there's always that point where stop doing the wrong thing maybe the, the first thing you can do to move forward what did you learn that sort of doesn't work when it comes to online business yeah so like if i had to reverse engineer it um and like and tell myself first the first day coming home from prison on what i should do and what i should focus on it would i would clearly say first know exactly what it is that you want to do Okay, you got to if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So you got to know exactly what you want to have strong reasons why you, you want to get there. Okay, that's kind of more the the rah rah woo woo side of it. But you got to have those uh, things in place, the driving factor. Then you have to be you. You cannot skip certain steps. All right. You, what I mean by that is. The reason why I'm so if you follow me online, I can kind of lash out at the fake gurus a lot. Um, and the reason why, because I have a story about it and I'm gonna tell you in just a second, but here's the deal. There's actually, there's a lot of slime balls out there that are really just scamming people and, and, and that are, and that I have no respect for. All right. But then there's also a lot of people that aren't necessarily trying to scam anybody or be slimy, but they just are so passionate about what they want and they want to achieve their goals so much that they're just trying to race to the finish line and they're skipping steps that can't be skipped. So they're not taking the time to develop real skills and high character. And then so they're promising people a specific result that they can't deliver on. And at the end of the day, even if the, atten- the intention that you have is good, if you can't deliver on what you say you're going to do, you're scamming people. Right. Just, there's no there's no way around it. Um, and so I when I, I launched the podcast and, it, and it, it got ranked third day next week, we had Billy Genius marketing on the show. And it's just been a snowball effect ever since. So it was awesome was right out the gate, shooting out the gate. But at the time, though, I still hadn't put my finger on the specific problem that I could solve for a specific person. And I was broke. And um, well, with the podcast blown up, I had attracted more p- uh, opportunities and a guy reached out. And he had a program that did over 20 million in revenue and over a thousand successful graduates. And the program was lead gen, customer acquisition, and uh, uh, scaling a business. However, I'm broke at the time and I've never done none of that. Well, we repurposed this program that had proven results with these people and it was legit. And we were putting it out there with me being the face of it and we were bringing people in. However, I felt like a slime ball. I felt like an imposter. I felt like 
the fake guru because I'm sitting here trying to achieve something by teaching it. And uh, that was just backward. It was backwards, man. There's no, it was like a circle jerk. It's just like, uh, did, did, right. did, did not work out, man. So uh, I made a post on Christmas day, 2018. Uh, it was tough to do it, but I called myself. I was like, Hey man, this is what's going on, but I just don't feel right. It doesn't align with, with what, with where I want to go in life. So I'm pulling the plug on it. I don't know what I'm going to going to do, but you know, I'll come back to the marketplace when I have something that's legit. It was tough to put myself out there, but man, it felt so good as soon as I put hit publish. Cause I got to get that off of my chest. And then I had so many people reach out to me afterwards. Like, man, that's a breath of fresh air. Respect that or whatnot. So, um, yeah, don't try to skip steps. You have to build real tangible, valuable skills that the marketplace actually wants and needs. Right. And then th- that's it. Skills and character focus on that. Once you got that dialed in, then you need to start focusing on knowing how to select the perfect audience, crafting an irresistible offer for that perfect audience, then being able to write creative copy that speaks directly to that audience, communicating the irresistible offer. Those three pillars right there. And then boom. That's what I would tell myself just coming out. Wow. Take some notes, people. I mean, this is how it's done. Um, We're talking with Zachary J. Babcock. You can find him actually on Twitter and Instagram at Zachary J. Babcock. And also check out his website. It's underdogempowerment.com. You'll find his podcast there and a lot of different guides to getting started with online business and growing your business and resources you can use. He really lays out the steps that you can take and the products that'll help you get there. Um, Okay. So you're, you're now you got the podcast and it takes off right away. What do you know what you did? Like if you were to reverse engineer the podcast, what you did in the beginning, because obviously there are like 700,000 to a million podcasts out there. Right. And most people aren't making an impact with their podcast, but you, give the podcast a lot of credit for helping you build your brand and build your business. What was it that you did with the podcast that made it work for you? Like it doesn't necessarily work for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Well, the reason why it doesn't work for a lot of other people is because they quit after like 10 episodes, like, Oh, my downloads aren't up or whatever. And then they give up. And it's like literally most podcast over 70% quit after 13 episodes. Um, and then, so there's, I don't know the exact number. There was an article in 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 fe, uh, February of 2019 per Nielsen Research that there was over 600,000 active podcasts. And I know that's jumped up now. There's at least 700,000 now, but it's still under a million. Well, compare that to the millions of blogs and millions of YouTube channels out there, and you're you're in a you're in a way less saturated space to stand out podcast put my brand on the map. And what I mean by that, before the podcast, anytime I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, nobody took me seriously. I was just an ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And uh and that was it, dude, I was I was pretty upset about that. You know? Right, <laughs> you know? Right. I'm like I'm like come for real. But um you know and then I launched the podcast, been able was able to rank it day three and then I started interviewing Billy I Billy Jean as marketing was the first like high level guest that we had on. That was a week later after launching. So in a week's worth of time, I literally went from nobody giving me any time at all to interviewing celebrities and it's just been a snowball effect ever since. So to reverse engineer that first, if you're gonna do it, commit to doing it for at least a year. 
Just just right. ri- write it out. And then secondly, get it ranked would be first and foremost because you're uh, getting it ranked. It doesn't do anything except for positioning in the marketplace and getting other people more excited. And you're going to able, be able to leverage that ranking to get other high level guests on and, and people excited about your podcast. So get it ranked on Apple. You do that by getting people to leave you a review on Apple. It's as simple right. as that. And if you're like, well, I don't know if I can get reviews on, on my podcast. Well, then you probably shouldn't be a podcaster if you can't get people <laughs> to leave you a review because <laughs> you're just not passionate about it enough. And you definitely shouldn't be an entrepreneur because right. you're just you don't believe in it enough. So th- th- then the problem is, is put out something that you truly believe in that you that you're certain about, you know, uh, but get people to review it, get people to uh, subscribe to it and download it. Boom. And do it in an ethical way. And what I mean by that, I hate saying ethical because there's so many fake gurus out here like, oh, you got to be ethical and they're totally unethical. You know, so I like to say be real and have and have some integrity about it. But um, here, here's the step I'll give you. I, you mind if I share the, the process? Sure. sure. So we've done this. I worked with 42 clients and we've had a hundred percent success rate with this exact script. And this is the same script that I've used personally over 4,000 times, no exaggeration. And it evolved into what it is now. It's not perfected, but it's optimized for sure. Uh, and it works. So, uh, and instead of being that douchebag that doesn't like people online, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta communicate with people online the same way you do offline. And what I mean by that, if you were at a party and somebody came up to you like, "Oh, dude, here's my podcast. Go leave me a written review." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I would, I would want to punch you in the throat if you came up to me like that. You know, like w- w- let's have a dialogue here and let's like, let, like let's be respectful in here. So instead of making a post on Facebook and shoving your links down the throat communicate with people in their in their DMs and then how you do that you don't copy and paste a message and shove the link down their throat on the first thing you actually say hey Ross I got a huge favor to ask you and then you wait for them to respond uh, you're giving them a chance to to decide if they even want to respond to you first and foremost that's being respectful too right. then they're gonna be like yeah sure what's up or you know sometimes you'll you have funny people that are like oh shoot here we go what do you want or whatever <laughs> you know but, how much is it gonna cost me <laughs> yeah you know? yeah joking around but whatever you know you're be, you're you're communicating like you would offline the same we would online and so they they say whatever and then you're like Hey man, can you check out my podcast? Can you can you subscribe to it and write me a five star written review if I send you the link? Now you ask like that. The re- and there's there's three key pieces to that, and there and the reason why. So for one, you're saying, hey, can you subscribe to my podcast? When people subscribe, it automatically starts downloading. So you're covering both right. metrics there. The only four metrics that matter on Apple, the only way Apple can quantify whether to rank you in their system or not is written reviews are the highest way to check that because that it requires the most effort, then ratings, then subscribers and downloads in that order. So those are the only four metrics that matter. So you say, can you subscribe? It covers both of those metrics. And you say, can you write me a five-star written review? You say that, you could you could say, hey, can you write me an uh, honest review? Uh, but the reason why we say five-star because I had a client that actually asked for uh, a review and the person wrote them an amazing review, but they didn't know that one star was not good and five star was good. And they left them, <laughs> they left them a one star. <laughs> and so you're number one. Right, yeah, yeah. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. So, uh, so you asked them to leave you a, a five star written review. 
And then you say, if I send you the link, that's the final piece of it. And it's like saying, it's being respectful again. You're saying, right. if I do this, will you do that? Now you've given them two, two chances not to respond to you or say no before you send them the link. And you're asking permission to right. send the link. And so most people are going to be like, yeah, the only time you'll, I've never had a no. You you could get a no, but I've done this over 4,000 times. I've never had nobody say no. Wow. I've heard people say, I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android. And in that, and if that's the case in which that will happen a lot, you just won't get a review. It's just part of the numbers right there. Right. Some people don't have iPhones. They also say, well, how do you leave a review? And then you could tell them how to leave a review. And then finally they, they might say, yeah, man, I'll, I'll give you a review after I check out the podcast. and I'll, I'll tell you what I really think. And then that's totally cool. And that's what, exactly what right. you want. You want an engaged listener. So they're actually going to take the time to check you out, which is even better than them just going to leave you a review. And so uh, in that case, you could direct them to an episode that fits. But uh, most of the time, they're gonna be like, yeah, sure, no problem. And okay. so the final, this is the final piece to the script. You say, thank you. I appreciate you taking your time to do this. And then you drop the link. And the reason why you say it just like that, um, hey, Ross, have you ever read the book uh, Child, or, uh, Influenced by Robert Cialdini? I haven't read it. I have it on my phone to read. It's uh, It's in my list of things, yeah. Right on. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, so it, it, real quick in there, it, this is a, a, a w- based on one of the chapters, something that I learned from reading that book and that I implement in a lot of my marketing. But um, it talks about the human psychology, the, the human need to stay consistent with what we commit to publicly. And so um, the, the, uh, the psychology behind that is he gave this story of this uh, – this American prisoner of war in the Viet in the Vietnam War was in uh, captured by the Vietnam government, and what they did, what the what the Vietnam Vietnamese did, is they didn't torture the American soldiers. They got them to make small micro commitments publicly, like on the intercom in the prison system with the rest of their American prisoners of war, or write letters and stuff, and they'd read on the intercom so the rest of their uh, Prisoners of war could hear it supporting the communism government, just small, tiny little ones. And they kept building up to eventually where it was so much that it pretty much brainwashed them into taking on that identity. Now, that's an extreme case here. And we're not trying to do something bad with that here. What, what we're doing is they just they just committed to you publicly saying, yeah, I'll leave you a review. So you say, thank you. I appreciate you taking your time to do this. You're reminding them that they said that. And then you drop the link and it's the last thing they say. And so they go and leave you a review. And I promise you, if you use that exact script right there, uh, you we say we get you ranked on Apple in five weeks or less. Every single 40, for all 42 clients that we've worked with have done it in 48 hours or less. Wow. You're going to have to put in some sweat equity and, and message some people. But if you want to get ranked, go do it. Now, does this only work for a, a podcast that's launching or can you do this with a podcast? Any podcast. That's been around? Any podcast. If you get those reviews rolling, you can do that. Yep. Any podcast. And and so this now this last part, since you asked that question, this is more based on uh, on theory. This is this is just my opinion from seeing this done over and over again. But there's not facts. But um, my 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 thoughts on this is I think that if you get like. I'm just going to make a. Uh, hypothetical number situation here. If you get 10 reviews one day and right. then you get 11 or more the next, 
what Apple is doing is it's seeing that actually more people engage from the day before. So it's growing and then boom, that's how they know to when to rank it. I, I think if you actually get more the second day than you did the first, but, but then again, that's theory, but cause I've seen that happen in a lot of cases, but I've also had two clients that have done it in less than 24 hours get wow. ranked on Apple. So then again, that kind of, you know, uh, 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 debunks that, that, that theory right there. So, well, yeah. I think just getting those subscriptions alone would would show such a bump in in people coming to Apple, which is what they want, right? They want people using their app and subscribing so that they're constantly able to feed stuff into your phone. So getting those subscriptions alone probably wakes up something in the Apple algorithm, right? The thing yeah. with reviews I've, I've, I've often ran into, I don't know if it's gotten any better, but when I used to ask people for reviews, they would post the review. And for some reason it would take Apple like three days to make it visible. Yeah. And so they'd be messaging back like, Hey, I thought I did it. I don't know why it's not there. <laughs> yeah. And it still it still is uh, what I, what we notice is it's a four hour about I don't know exactly but it, it usually on average about four hours after the person actually hits submit it'll show right. up four hours later I don't know why I guess because Apple has to pre-approve it themselves um, but you also notice about every few hours that the charts are always changing on Apple right. if you go look it's always moving around uh, around that same time so I think they have like a a uh, uh, AI system that kind of does all that and it runs every so often. I don't know. That's theory based as well. Now are most, most of your clients coming to you through the podcast or because they want to build up their podcast or are you helping people with all, all avenues of, of business? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's both. It's people that want to start and then also people that already have existing podcasts and that just want to, want to know how to do it and grow it fast. And so uh, it's both. And you know, it's funny, Ross, man. Um, I was hesitant to take on that, the podcast guy role. Cause I was like, man, I love podcasts. It's changed my whole brand. But I was like, man, just from a mindset perspective alone, I can offer more to, right. to, to someone and help them or whatnot. Cause of some of the things that I, you know, had to overcome in life and things that I've learned from that. But, but, um, one thing that I've learned, um, it is you, you it's so much and this is what i i feel like probably n i would guess around 97 percent of entrepreneurs and marketers when they first get started they struggle with this is they try to be all things to all people which mm -hmm. never works out and so it's so much better to go a mile deep than trying to cast a wide net and when you go a mile deep you stand out you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond and you're able to carve a bigger piece of the market out. Right. And then after you've gotten traction and established your name, then you can begin to cast a wider net. But you got to go deep first. And so, yeah, I, I took on the on the podcasting I guy. Think, role. I think that goes along or, or maybe the next step is once you've found that niche, you talk about the difference. And, and this really like opened my eyes a lot. You talk about the difference between a soft offer and a hard offer, maybe you use different term for it, but you talk about like between basically a general offer, like, oh, I help people with X, Y, Z and saying, come to me and I'll get your podcast to rank. I'll get you X number downloads or whatever it is. Like when you have something specific that you're going to do for somebody rather than, oh, I help you with this general thing. Can you talk about like how you approach that and how that makes a difference for, for people? 
Yeah. So I don't think my mentor actually came up with this, uh, this strategy, but I know he came up with the name, the hard offer versus soft offer. And it's who I learned this from Mitch Miller. He's awesome dude. But, um, so, uh, you, uh, like you said, you got so many people, uh, you'll see it in their Facebook bios, even like, I'll help you increase your business. That didn't, I didn't get excited about that. I would not send you no money. I'm pretty sure. Um, And any experienced entrepreneur is not going to pay you money. If you say you can help them increase their business, how can you help me increase my business? So that's a soft offer. I can help you increase your business versus a hot offer. It's, it's, it's what I found three pieces to it. You offer the benefit, which is what they want. The vehicle, and how to reach that benefit, and then the time frame of when they're going to actually reach that benefit. So for an example, I could say, I could break this down a bunch of different ways. I'll help you become a top-rated podcaster and grow your influence, which that's the, that's the benefit. It's not being a top-rated pod- podcast. They want to grow their influence. I'm going to help you grow your, your influence by launching a top-rated podcast in five weeks or less. Or I'll help you, um, I'll help you level up your brand and build your network with the connections that can help you really move forward in your business by interviewing the t- uh, uh, top level celebrity guests in 60 days or less. You know what I'm saying? Like there's right. those three pieces are, are put into there um, where it's communicating a specific benefit, the vehicle and how you're going to reach the benefit and the time frame of how, uh, of when you're going to reach the benefit. Now, first show I, I listened to of yours was your interview with Robert green, the, the author who oh, man. is big on mindset and understanding human beings and how they operate. Somebody whose books, uh, much like Robert Cialdini, I've wanted to read, but they're sort of uh, either sitting there in the bookstore or waiting to be downloaded or whatever. Uh, so I, I just thought it was such a fascinating interview on on how you approach his content. Talk about some of the authors. Like if you were going to give somebody a three book or a five author list of like, okay, these are the key things that you need to look at the authors you need to read in order to get to where you want to get to in business. Who, who would you say is the top, you know, your, your top of the list? Yeah, I love that. All right. So there's plenty of business books. I'll tell you how to specifically do certain things. And, and, and there's plenty that I do recommend. Um, however, it's funny that you brought up that interview because when people say, hey, if you could be mentored by anybody in the world, I I quickly say Robert Greene. And the reason why, because I've never, I don't know of anybody. I'm not saying that he's he, he is a person, but I don't know of anybody else that has a deeper understanding of human nature than Robert Greene. Uh, he has six New York Times bestselling books on human psychology. And if you really break it down to it, marketing all it is is human behavior and psychology um any interaction with two or more human beings is psychology so i mean it's everything is psychology um so and from a marketing perspective i mean if you understand human behavior and what how people respond to things and uh being able to understand them and their desires and what they want and need then you are able to better serve those people so uh, yeah, definitely Robert Greene. Uh, any book by him, uh, his new one is super in depth. It's like 500 pages long. Uh, but man, all of his books, he's, they're 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 fantastic. And then then you got you know other important books that are going to show you the tactical ways of business. Like you know you got 
I mentioned uh, Robert Cialdini. That's more psychology as well, but you can use those principles in your marketing. But um, like rocket fuel and clockwork, um, those are like for systems and operations, you know, to learn how to how to run and manage your business. Like I read those, I have an understanding, and then I hire somebody that specializes in those because if I try to be the integrator, the systems and operations guy, I've tried that before and I wanted to smash my face into brick walls. <laughs> I'm, right, right. I'm the visionary. I got the ideas and I could go out and do the marketing and lead and whatnot. But on the front end, bringing people in, you know, I could bring us a ton of, ton of people in and fill the pipeline up. But when it comes to the back end of being able to, to the fulfillment deliverables and then, Hey, when this customer in, then this has to happen, that has to happen, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's not my strong suit. Talk about um, with outsourcing then or building it, whether you're outsourcing it, you're sending it to somebody else to do a certain task or whether it's hiring somebody. When when is the right time or when how should you go about doing it? That's um, I think that's an area where a lot of people struggle because they may be good at a variety of different things or they may think my business isn't yet to where I can afford to do that. Start outsourcing as soon as you start making some money, and uh, in and because then you're going to be you're, what you're doing is you may think like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, if you do it the right way, you're going to make more money. And so, um, from my experience, I just went through this recently uh, last year. So the March 2019 was the year I broke. It was the month I broke through. It was also the month that I hired on help. Uh, as soon as I started making money, um, and reinvested right away. And so, you 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 cannot do uh, you know you're gonna have to wear all the hats at first to get it going but right. once you get an offer that's converting and that you that you, you find an offer then you have to start having other people help you do s- certain things and so the best way to do it i learned this from chris ducker um he talks about his uh three lists of freedom and what you do is you make a list of things that you absolutely hate doing that's the first list things that you can't stand doing that drive you crazy Right. Though that's potential things to outsource or to hire and whatnot. Then you make a list. The second list is things that um you uh you uh uh can't do. Things that you right. like are you really suck at, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> <laughs> like integrate for me was the operator of uh, systems, building out systems and processes and all that stuff. Right. So think, things you just really suck at or, or can't do, or, you know, boom. So now you got your list of things you hate doing, things that you suck at or can't do. And then the third list, which is the most important one, is not necessarily things you hate doing. And it's not necessarily things that you suck at doing. You might be you might love doing it and you might be really good at doing it, mm-hmm. but, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. It's, right. You should be focused on more high level stuff. And that's when you really grow up as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, when you when you can when you know that you shouldn't be doing it, even though you love doing it and whatever. But, you know, you need to focus on more important things and you delegate anyways. That's when you actually when you, when you stay, take another step forward. And so right. you have those lists and you'll be able to know exactly where you need to go and rank order what's most important. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like the thing you can outsource is the thing that's your competitive advantage which is like you can't outsource being a podcast right or doing these interviews or what, because you're not going to find somebody who can bring to it what you bring to it. I mean, that's essentially what makes your business different from every other business is what you bring to it that you can't replace. But even if you were the greatest person at 
I don't know, doing doing follow up to emails or whatever. You could have somebody take that off your plate and do it well enough. It's like, okay, now I'm free to do more podcasts or do more interviews or work with more clients, helping them where I can help them and other people can't. Like, right. Like you got to find where's your advantage that differentiates you when you those things that like getting them done is just good enough. Hand them over to somebody else. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Exactly. So like for, for an example of what we did. So I, I started this podcast when I didn't have any money and I was recording, editing, doing all the post-production work that goes into a podcast, which is quite a bit, especially if it depending on how much you want to, how far you want to take it. Um, so there's a lot of post-production work that goes into it. Plus, you know, I, I, I got to get people booked on my show. I got to get myself booked on other shows. I got to get the reviews and stuff and, and, and people uh, checking it out. And so as soon as we started breaking through, which was over, over a year, I had launched in April, 2018. And then I broke through in March, 2019 uh, with that offer. I first thing I did was start an agency where we produce our clients podcast for them, for the busy entrepreneur that's, you know, got other things to focus on that are more important. So they could just be the talent. Boom. Send us the audio file and we do the rest for them. Um, that was one thing. And that also freed up me from having to produce my own podcast. Cause now I got my agency and, and they're able to do that work. Cause my time is not best spent editing a podcast episode. My right. time's best spent networking with people, getting on other podcasts, getting the message out there, marketing, things like that. Um, that's just one example. Another one, like like after after and and it took a little bit longer to outsource this piece, but after honing in my skill of being able to lock in high level guests to come on the show and being able to get myself on other podcasts, then in uh, August of 2019, we added an additional service where I first for the first month I hired out an assistant to do these things for me, train her on exactly how I go about doing it, gave her all the scripts that I use for the pitches or whatnot. And then after she got it working uh, in, in, in a way for me, then boom, we offered that to our clients. So I tell you that to think about like, well, what if you are an Instagram specialist or whatever, I'm just using a hypothetical situation, or you're super good at lead gen on LinkedIn, right. you know, develop those skills, get the offer out there that's converting. And then the things that go into making that happen outsource the team, get hire a team to do those things for you. And then also once you get that work and then you can offer it to your clients to have a done for you as well. Cause there's a lot of people that love that done for you. Cause there's a lot right. of busy entrepreneurs that just don't have the time to do it themselves. Now you're also getting into the video game. I don't know if you do any live, but I, I see you putting out a lot of YouTube videos. Um, what does YouTube mean to you to, to be getting into that? And does live have a role at all in what you do or in what you plan to do? I I keep on saying I got to do more lives. I, I keep on saying I just haven't done it, man. You know, that's that that falls back on me. I just haven't done that. Yet. I need to do more lives. I don't I'm not consistent with them. Um at all. And I and I know actually lives are a, a powerful platform because people like to enjoy it. And it also plays in the factor of, man, if I don't get on this now. In some cases, I won't be able to see it again, or I won't be able to a ask questions, get it answered right on the spot, or whatever. So, it's definitely something I want to. I, I need to go ahead and just pull the trigger and do more of. Um, YouTube, love YouTube. I started doing YouTube before uh, podcasting. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's uh it's pretty cool. It's I, I so I. Funny story. I had to 
kill all my social media channels except for podcasting and Facebook before I broke through so I could get really focused because I was just spread too thin. I was on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all this stuff. And I just didn't have the resources or the team to keep up with it. Uh, also, we're trying to, to, to create a business out of it. And so I had to kill everything off, like not delete them, but just only focus on podcasts. And I chose Facebook because that's where I had my most engaged audience. But now I'm back on all the platforms because, you know, I had the I had the 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 manpower to keep up with it all. Right. Um, YouTube, man. Uh, dude, if you guys uh looking to grow YouTube, I, uh, go go follow Nick Nimmin uh, on on YouTube. I watched him in 2017 go from. 10,000 subscribers to half a million in less than two years. Um, he puts out all the stuff he puts out is so fire. It will help you level up your YouTube game. And I pay him money to learn YouTube or whatnot. And it's been a, been a huge help, but, uh, but yeah, I love YouTube, man. Yeah. Oh, in fact, Nick and Dean Nimmin came on together. It was a one segment show where they were on for the whole hour. Oh, wow. About a year ago. That was the last time I think I had a, a live stream um of my own you know not a show i was doing for somebody else like a brand or something but something i was doing my own where i had a guest on for uh for uh the whole show anyway i know you've you've got to run i appreciate you coming on and spending all this time and sharing all this knowledge um you you do an awesome show you're a terrific broadcaster and and you've got a lot of wisdom to share about mindset and business and I would love to have you back on for a part two at, at some point, if you're up for it, um, let me know how I can be of help to you. And um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Underdogempowerment.com is the website. Check it out. You'll find the podcast there. You'll find lots of business resources. If you want to work with Zachary, you can uh, reach out to him through the website. Zachary J. Babcock on social media. Zachary, thanks again, man. It's great having you on the show. Dude, Ross, I had a blast. I'd absolutely love to come back on. Thank you, my man. Awesome. You got it. It's it's always good to ask on the air because who's ever going to say no? On the- <laughs> <laughs> I think he, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to everybody for joining us. You can find the website and the podcast brand on there it is brand on broadcasting.com. And you can also find me at Livestream Universe. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you soon on another episode of Brand On Broadcasting. Take care, everybody.